noisespace.xyz. Oof, fake. I, li- I like that I've bullied people into saying it. Yeah, it sounds wrong saying XYZ now. No, it doesn't. Feels good. Welcome to Tuning Fork. We took uh, a little over a month off to uh, clear Kanye out of our systems. Well, that's a lie. That will never actually happen. Um, but now we're back uh, in the saddle talking about some some music and the Pitchfork Media Hype Machine. Uh, I am one of your hosts, David. I'm Matt. I'm a guest. I'm Caitlin. We have a Caitlin, Hi, Caitlin. here today. <laughs> At long last, we finally got a Caitlin to join us seriously you know a half hour later yeah and uh what album did you want to talk about today i wanted to talk about strange mercy by saint vincent aka annie clark but who needs real names not me so what what compelled you to pick this album in particular to cover um this was one where I thought that Pitchfork was kind of horny for her, <laughs> and that's why they were hyping yeah, her up so that's much. Yeah, not, that's not completely inaccurate, like, having yeah. gone back and read several of the reviews of her stuff. The thing is, yeah. is that, like, straight male horniness for St. Vincent is, like, its own genre of <laughs> exactly. music criticism. And, like, as a straight, um, it's... It, it, I wanted to try to, you know, approach this from a non-horny angle so that we would, you know, have a non-horny angle of St. Vincent to discuss. For possibly the first time. For possibly the first time that we have two straight men here to discuss <laughs> straight Vince. Straight Vincent. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's the guy who owns uh, the WWE, right? Yeah, yeah, straight Vincent. <laughs> um, and yeah, um... So Strange Mercy is the third album under the uh, the St. Vincent moniker for Annie Clark. Um, and then if you look into her history prior to the band, she performed uh, with the Polyphonic Spree and also with Sufjan Stevens, which is like, that's a very Christian set of people to perform for. It really is. And then she called herself St. Vincent. That's a saint. There's a pretty good chance that if you are a musician, you've been in the polyphonic spree. That's true. It's like being being in broken social scene. Yes, exactly. I was going to say. Everyone in Canada is a member of broken social scene. It's a checkmark on the Canadian census. Yeah. (laughs) Broken social scene playing a game of old-timey basketball against broken social scene. Broken social scene. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't Um, know why, but it, it just is. We're not allowed to talk about the Raptors right now as much as I want to. Okay, fine. Basketball. Um, so Strange Mercy was kind of, uh, I guess, maybe the second breakout album for St. Vincent, I'd say. Like, Actor yes. was really the one that uh, thrust thrust her into, I guess, the limelight, you could say. Yeah, like, uh, Marry Me did fine. When it was uh, when it originally reviewed, but like it was it was an eight without best new music. That classic Pitchfork Chestnut. Ha ha ha. Yep. Whereas Actor got an eight point five, and then Marry Me got the full nine. Strange Mercy. Yeah. Strange Mercy got that's the, full the nine. one. Yes. I can't talk. It's fine. The one with <laughs> the very bitey album cover. Yeah, it's the first one that didn't have her face on it. Well, in full. Yeah. Instead, it's just the which the was mouth- another. Re- it's the mouth made entirely of cum. <laughs> All right, we got there. All right, how how far? What's the clock at? <laughs> Five uh, minutes till first cum mention. That was another reason that I thought that Pitchfork was horny for her because they're like pretty lady on face of album. Yeah, but then it turns out also she's good. Who knew? 
<laughs> yeah, me listening to this album this morning, like doing my uh, my second listen with the genius in front of me, because that's the only way I know how to interpret music is by having other people explain it to me. Because um, you don't drive yet. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, man, I'm starting to consider that this album and musician might both be good. Yeah, you know what? They just might. They just might be good. One of the lines of this review I just hate to read. Um, <laughs> it's it's about actor, um, like, going back and looking at it compared to this album. And it says, follow-up actor found Clark over-embellishing at times, adding superfluous strings and flutes that often muddied her message. First of all, they, fuck off. Well, how about they fight me in hand-to-hand combat? Jesus Christ. The the line like, has been drawn in the sand, Ryan. Because that's, that's, It's a really good album. Like, I'm probably more familiar with Actor as an album. Because just, like, the builds on that album kill me every time dead. Yes. Like, Actor Out of Work and, uh, and Black Rainbow both are, like, superb tracks. That I probably like as much as anything on this album. I'm now reading that she was 28 when this album came out. Makes me feel good about where I'm at in life. <laughs> it's her champagne year. It is. So that would have made her too. like what, 21 or so when she was in the polyphonic spree. Yeah. Some people just got talent, man. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about the album as a whole, there's a lo- there was a, an Annie Clark uh, interview where she said that a lot of the album is about her dad who was arrested for like stock fraud like before this album <laughs> came out um, but it's always like I feel like people are always looking for like the man in any album cycle yeah. to, to, to describe what the album is so like like Bjork's albums that had Arca producing it's like Arca produced album and then right. like Joanna Newsom's Have One on Me, which is an album so long that I'm still listening to it, has been described in full as being a Bill Callahan breakup album. Yeah, it's it's the Andy Samberg Mary album and the Bill Callahan breakup album. <laughs> and so like yeah, it's Not it's every very album is rumors, guys. Not every album has a Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> <laughs> Not every album has a Bill Hader as L- Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that this one is, des- is is described by some people pretty reductively as, like, the album about her dad, despite the fact that, like, well, I mean, hilariously, the, there's several songs about just, like, the total isolation of womanhood. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah, not- I get absolutely zero dad vibes from it. Right? Like, I mean, there's, there's like, the, tr- the, the lyrics on Strange Mercy, there's a lot of, like, direct references to arrests and whatnot, but... Like the song, not the album in full. Yeah, I mostly got a very, like, figuring out my own place in the world type vibe from it instead. Yeah, which, yep. like, that's a lot more of a of a close picture of the album. Yeah. Yes. Uh, should we get started with uh, going through those songs? Absolutely. Okay, first we have Chloe in the Afternoon. Chloe in the afternoon, Chloe in the afternoon. That's been in my head for like a couple of days now. <laughs> yeah, that was what I woke up thinking to myself. Um, I think this song is like in a normal like 4-4 time signature, but everything is really like offbeat or syncopated sounding. Um, yeah, she throws a rhythm all over the place on this one. This song fucks. <laughs> you know what? Literally it does. And it's kind of about that too. Yeah, yeah. so dominatrix. Yeah, we're in for a wild ride. This is what she's opening the album with. Yeah. No kisses, no real names. So it's almost like like the the way that the the genius goes through it and the way I kind of got it on the on the second listen is it's very like longs for like the emotional release of it, but then like still longs for the like the actual connection which she's not getting in this case. Yeah. The narrator isn't getting. 
Because, like, I mean, you could say it's Annie on all the tracks, but it seems like she switches narrative perspective a lot on this album, which I really like. Yeah. Like, she's talking about experiences that are familiar to her, but she's doing it in a way that's, like, she is shifting perspective a lot. The the production is really interesting to me. It almost... It almost sounds like it's on the verge of uh, the audio clipping at any given time, but never quite gets there. Everything yeah. is really like close and in-your-face sounding, which is almost the opposite of what Actor was. Yeah, for sure. And then, like, it also it, it, it becomes really apparent when you're listening to it on, like, laptop speakers, which is how I did my first listen, <laughs> versus listening to it on headphones, because all nuance is lost on the speaker's listen. Yeah. Like, the song sounds really flat that way, but then it sounds really good in headphones, which I guess is probably just the way that uh, this album was produced. Yeah, that was um, a thing that I feel like started around this time. Um, like, every pop artist does that these days. Um, so it almost, like, listening back to this, it's like, oh, I, I know exactly what this sound is going for, and I've heard it a hundred times, but nobody was really doing it back then. Very much so. Yeah, and, and this... this- if, if we're going to talk producer, this one was a, a John Congleton production, and he is just, he has credits all over the place. Like, he, he is, like, if you look on his Wikipedia page, it has, like, the list of artists he's worked with, and they have to do it in, like, the multiple column format, or else it's too long. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, some of the bands that are on here are, like, The Octopus Project, The Mountain Goats, Swans, Shearwater, Always, Black Mountain, Brian Wilson, This Will Destroy this. You. Trash Talk, Juju, Spoon. So, oh my like, goodness. these artists have very little in common. No, they are musicians. Yeah, that is about all you can get. Uh, <laughs> they sure notedly, are. Notedly, the Polyphonic Spree are on here. Maybe that's where they met. Who knows? Connections. Connections. Got a network, guys. Got a network. But yeah, I what I one thing I really noticed on uh, on my second listen where I had like the genius page open in front of me because I'm a plebeian who can't think for himself <laughs> is that a lot of these a lot of these songs are very lyrically sparse. Like she doesn't she doesn't talk a lot on this album. No. A lot of repetition and a lot of like short like short easy verses. Yeah, nothing really uh, overstays is, its welcome on this album. Yeah, it's kind of well yeah, all the songs are pretty short too. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, that's, it was really refreshing after doing a 100 bajillion year long rap album for our last episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to just be like, yeah, actually sometimes you can glean it from about 20 words. Yeah. Especially cause like a lot of the words are like, kind of they kind of blend them into each other, like heels as in, you know, the shoes and then heel yeah. as in to heel yes. within like the same line. It's good stuff. Annie Clark's conciseness is the anti-Lou Reed. Truly. <laughs> Annie Clark is not the table. No. <laughs> no, Annie Clark isn't the table. Annie Clark is not a member of Metallica, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, a- I very much like the conciseness. It's like, you get it, like, okay, there's a horsehair whip, no kisses, no real names, white, white shirt, back to work. You're like, okay, there's some sort of an affair going on. Yeah. Like, she, got, she nails it. And then, like the ambiguity of the back to work is really nice. Is like, is that right. is that from the like the sex worker's perspective, or is it from the narrator's Just, perspective, or is it yeah. both? Uh, let's move on to I think the most popular song from this album, "Cruel." the one that got me hooked on Annie Clark. The music video for this song is so good. <laughs> yes. I haven't watched it. What is it. What's the video like? It's a lot of the Annie Clark with like no expression on her face singing. Uh, and at points in the video, she is like tied to a chair, then thrown into a hole in the backyard, and then steadily she is buried alive. I believe the concept is these kids like kidnap her to be her their mom or something oh. like that. Interesting, because I because I like, there's like a toy gun to her head. The the that's an interesting idea because um, 
the the sound of this uh of this song kind of reminded me like this is almost like a Rodgers and Hammerstein song. Um, like the, the orchestra swells <laughs> yeah. in the background. Like this could be the opening number to The Sound of Music starring Annie Clark. <laughs> I really like the guitar line in the chorus like so, so much. It's like the perfect yeah. sequence of notes. Like it's, it's got just such a good rhythm to it. And like, it was something that just worked really well with like you know a balanced headphone listen as well and yeah so this song just seems like caitlin what do you feel about this song just like i I feel like it's it's like a big womanhood perspective sure is yeah like bodies can't you see what everybody wants from you especially if you tie that into the like being kidnapped to be a mom like that that's what you got you got the stuff to make a baby right you should probably do that yeah and a lot of the comments tie it into like current events vis-a-vis like reproductive justice which i don't think is exactly what she was going for necessarily but like it's an angle that absolutely works um given it's like feeling like uh like society's expectations of like motherhood and also just like like domesticity like the being a wife yes i mean i currently bartend in a pretty small town and i tell like my male customers like no i'm not going to have kids and they're like no, you will. You'll change your mind. I'm like, dog, no, actually, it's my body and my life, and this is the goals that I have set for myself. And they're like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. You're, yeah. you're right. You're right. You you as the man. You're right. Yeah, and then, like, the, the song kind of moves into, like, once you have served this purpose, you are discarded. Yes. Which... Yeah, this gross, like, Handmaid's Tale sort of thing. Yeah. But, God, it just sounds so good. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the fact that she pronounces cruel correctly only in the first instance of it, and after that is saying Kroll? This song is ser- secretly about Nick Kroll. <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is this is the Kroll show. She, I mean, she runs in those comedy circles. Like, how could you be for sure. so casually Kroll? <laughs> There's no way to be casual about to the Nick fact Kroll. That- Nick Kroll's family is like billionaires. Literal billionaires. So casual about it. How could you? How could you deign to be casual when you're Kroll? Kroll. And again, uh, like the the song is very spare with its uh, with its lyrics. Right. So I, this was the first single, yeah. This was the first single, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the the end of the song, moving into like, you were the one waving flares in the air so they could see you. You know, just yeah. distress. It's pretty clear. I really like when someone just gets to the fucking point. Yes. That is that is one thing I really appreciates about this one. (laughs) You really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I appreciate. This song, uh, sort the sound of this song, sort of reminded me of um an album that came out a couple years later, which was Singles by Future Islands. I can kind of see it. Ah. They she sings differently than him, of course, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To take. She, she I, doesn't. She doesn't do uh, as many like Letterman-approved dance moves. <laughs> Although I'm sure she performed on Letterman. Oh, absolutely! I think she did. Yeah. Courtney and I saw I her think on this tour. She might have done this song on Letterman, actually. I saw this in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. Yes. So yeah, Annie Clark kind of describes this as like a central thesis of the album: the subtle it cruelties, absolutely is. <laughs> subtle cruelties society inflicts on its women. Which is like really funny that she could say that, and then people could still call it the about her dad the album. Dad album. <laughs> Again, no dad vibes. But yeah, I keep wanting to cite other songs on the album as being like, oh, it's just like this thing. But like, oh wait. Yeah, the the album is really like self-referential. Very like, much. There, there, there's lyrics that mention champagne years, and then there's the song champagne year later in the album. And it's almost like, like, it's clearly like a lot of different narrative perspectives over the course of the album, but like that central theme really does tie it all together. We might one day have a crossover episode with the show Dad Feelings, but it's not today. <laughs> anyway. So now we move <laughs> to yes. like the second song in a row that's clearly about the societal alienation of women. Cheerleader. Right. Cheerleader. I, 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 I 
which is not a grizzly bear cover. I think we both made that joke when this album came out. <laughs> That's probably true. I have to remember what happened eight years ago, which is not going to happen. Oh my god, eight years. Well, yeah, no, just like all the albums turning 10 this year, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, they're turning 10? And then like a month later, a different album turns 10, and I'm like, wait, that album's 10? And it's going to be like that. Complete I think shock every single time. Yeah, I think that's going to be just the future. Like that is how yes. I'm just going to feel <laughs> moving forward in general. Is whenever things turn ten, I collapse into dust. Bitta Orca is in fifth grade now. <laughs> so this kind of partially seems like a breakup song, and then the rest of it is uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier about the self actualization. Um, like, there's that illusion to honest thieves here, yeah. like, friends and family who guilt you into giving them your time or your money. Or your stock tips. <laughs> yeah. Could could she your consider her dad tips. an honest thief, given he that's was That's kind implicated. of the only part of it where I think it's like, maybe that's a dad reference. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, hmm. what's honest about penny stock fraud? <laughs> there was a movie about that. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> I, I do I love the, the the first verse a lot, just the way that the lines are built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times with bad guys, whole lies with a with half, a half smile. smile. Like all those like uh, contradictions. I'm like chef's kiss. It is so good. Yeah, <laughs> like just uh, the idea of just bearing with it, and then like I throw rocks, then hit both my arms. So like you're still bearing with it, but you're you're starting to resist it. You know, you, yeah. throw, you throw the rock and you're like, who, me? Very I'm? So. <laughs> then you get that uh, that live show staple chorus, the I, 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 I. I, I. It's so And good. then it drops in, yes. It's yeah, really this, good. Yeah. Lyrically, you get the drop. if we're going to do it, I guess it's, I'll do it from the breakup perspective. It's fine. It's very <laughs> much just like... I can see this and see things that I've done where it's just like, oh yeah, just let this man talk. Like, just let him keep him. going. Like, I played dumb when I knew better. And just like, yeah, fine. Like, <laughs> not worth the fight right now. <laughs> remember how they, we like, remember remember how we were dating when this album came out? Oh my god. <laughs> you were dating. Homestuck was popular. You were probably saying, Caitlin, please organize your music folder, and I'm like, it's not worth the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Storm labeled under Paul Blart. That's the hilarious thing to do. I know exactly yeah. where it is. But which one is Blart? It's Paul and Blart. Storm. But, um, Paul and Blart. Other lyrics in the first verse that I like, which I guess is just the only one I haven't said anything about yet, uh, held your bare bones with my clothes on. So it's just like, I fully allowing your vulnerability I'm fully mm-hmm. allowing you to use me as your emotional crutch, but I'm not doing any myself. Really, Wearing, which like, ties into not wanting to be the cheerleader. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just like, on the sidelines here. You take the stage. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, damn, mood. Mood. Then we have the extended chorus at the end with, I don't want to be a bird eater no more. I don't want to be a dirt eater no more. I don't want to be put in a shirt no more. I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to slurp on my girt no get more. Me. I don't, don't want to be a cake eater no more. I don't want to be from Medina no more. Um, it just makes me laugh so much. Apparently, the, apparently, this song was going to be called Dirt Eater, really? which is very funny. It just I, basically like. I like the choice for cheerleader, but I also very much wish it was that. Dirt Eater was Dirt Eater was the original lyric, but it was replaced with by Annie Clark with cheerleader because it sounded too much like a reference to scatological fetish. Oh, nobody thought that <laughs> until you said it. Yeah. I was not on that page. Nope. Right? I just like um she like it's it, the the interpretation furthers with like it's used to characterize a, a humiliating amount of support and then like yeah, dirt- i would say like a kid on the playground making you eat dirt clods like it's bullying <laughs> like i'm not going to poop and then uh bird eater as like the a reference to the idiom of eating crow admitting ah. to a, uh, admitting to a humiliating mistake which like i don't know if that was the intention but that one really works for me 
Yeah, I like that a lot. Especially like near the end of the song, like ensconced in like the chorus. I've been. I don't know why, but the phrase "eating crow," the 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 only place that I like associate that phrase with is the live action sim- uh, uh, Flintstones movie starring John Goodman. <laughs> Uh, and Kyle McLaughlin. His, and Kyle McLaughlin. And Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, when he tells his mother-in-law that she'll be spending so much time eating crow that she'll be passing feathers for a month. Oh my god. <laughs> it makes me think of A Song of Ice and Fire, but most things do. I had a friend recently ask me who was the guy in the Flintstones movie. And I said John Goodman <laughs> and then immediately said, that's your reference point? <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, so the the the, Flin, to... the Flintstones movie star John Goodman. Right, Big Lebowski. No, no, no. Fred Schneider from the B fifty twos was in that movie, along with the rest of the band. It's very good. Let's talk about oh. Surgeon. Spent the summer on my back. Let's do Is it. it about sex or depression? Come on, you know it's gotta be both. It's, uh, buddy, it's both. It's both. Both is good. And yeah, apparently the... The blue and a red, those are two different doses of Adderall. She's just trying apparently to get along. Apparently the, the chorus of the song is a reference to a Marilyn Monroe quote. Yeah, from her diary. Why'd she have to sing happy birthday so sexy? <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Babes. <laughs> Babe, do your Monroe, babe. And of course, someone. Uh, so, best finest surgeon, come cut me open. So, like, there's a couple of ways you can interpret the line. <laughs> the one that pe- there's a couple. The, well, the one that people would go with most often is like, "Fix me," which seems like which seems like the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, but out Fox on Genius, the way I interpret is referring to sexual partners as surgeons. She's looking for someone to split her open. Mm. Uh, this has. This has three um, downvotes. This has three downvotes, and now it has four. <laughs> Let me refresh the page real quick. See, <laughs> I always thought more of it was like cut me open and like see, what, like not even like fix me, just like diagnose yeah. me, tell me yeah, what's wrong. Yeah, that 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 seems to be like, especially with the references to the pills at the start. It's just like, please figure it out. That's yeah. why you need the finest surgeon in the land. Yeah, cut it open and be like, yes. what the fuck's going on in here? Knowing is half the battle. It's like the <laughs> it's the um, the finest surgeon is like the guy in that uh, that image. My basement got no business looking like this, but it's like your brain got no business <laughs> looking like this. Just standing knee deep in brain. My serotonin levels got no business looking like this, you guys. This is another kind of uh, spare sounding song. Um, it's got that thing that happens during the verse where there's. Uh, like a really cool guitar line that's just on the left channel. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I also like th- th- this works so well as a run with uh, with cruel and cheerleader, and it's like mo- increasingly Very like much. internal perspectives of her feelings on like the role of womanhood. Very much, and I also just musically like when it was like get along, get along, get along. Like I love that. Yeah, no, it's real slidey good. thing. Get along. I have no idea how to describe music, but it's jazzy and slidey, and I like it. Well, we're, yeah. so we're all dumbasses here. It's fine. It's true. <laughs> Don't fact check me. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll tell the mailman, never you mind, I'll sift through the piles and for him to just get along, get along, get along. Which is so much of, like, something, like, going in line with, like, women apologizing. Just Don't like, worry no, about no, it's it. Fine. It's, it's, it's fine. fine. Just give me more just mail. Me- and also yeah. just, like, the, like... Yeah, just, I'll just deliver it to the neighbors if that's if you made a mistake, it's fine. I'll do it. Whatever. And it's very Sorry. like uh like just the shirking of like responsibility, pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. Like it's really funny that that guy read this song and was like, Oh, it's clearly about sex when like this is like the most clear depression line I... in the entire world. <laughs> right. Unless he's like, Oh, a blue pill, it's Viagra. Ooh. 
It's like the guy. Um, it's like the guy on the They Might Be Giants wiki that tries to make every song about sex. Yeah, the the hypersexual John Flansburg and John Linnell. If if there's one thing you got to know about these man, the these old nerds in their sixties is that they fuck. <laughs> um, another point for for genius being super accurate is that at the end of the lyrics it says ridiculous outro guitar solo, uh, when it's a synthesizer solo. Yeah, and it's not ridiculous. It's, it's really fine. good. I like it. I noticed several it's like fun. errors going through. I in the lyrics. Because they're not. I closed all my genius tabs because I remembered that I have the vinyl. Nice. This is a podcast within a podcast called I Have the Vinyl. (laughs) Who here has the vinyl? (laughs) I don't, but I should. Yeah, it actually adds nothing to it. It's literally just lyrics. There's like no photos or anything, but it's fine. It's a good thing for me to bop. That's That's like the best thing about vinyl packaging is being able to print all the lyrics on it. It's right. very good. Yeah, so now I'm working from that. Screw you, Dinos. <laughs> I don't need your opinions muddying Especially my with, opinions. Especially with, like, clearly, it's just all white men writing it. Because only white men would make a music site and call it genius. Especially considering, oh like, you know, it was it was rap genius. Because it's it was rap and genius before. <laughs> I'm the only smart ones that know how to interpret rap. Rap genius fights back. <laughs> I know we've made a joke very similar to that previously, but still. That still tickles me, so it's fine. The thing is that it's always relevant to reference Hip Hop Fights Back. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when he was at the Danny Brown show that I was at? (laughs) I do remember that, and I remember seeing pictures of him at the show. Uh, I'm just going to read this Hip Hop Fights Back post because it tickles me every time, and also it's relevant to what I'm going to mention in the next song. There aren't any lovely ladies where I live that are hip-hop heads. It's a real problem. I have to eventually move somewhere else if I'm ever going to find a wife I can cuddle with on the couch while listening to Dilla, passing a big-ass cush blunt back and forth. I need this in my life. Get out of Ann Arbor, then. And the next song is North. The next site. The next song is Northern Lights. Yes. Only one person has written a description of this song on Genius. It has 16 downvotes for saying it's about steamed hams. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, that, is, that is what it says. And then uh, this one with nine downvotes. Another double meaning, both on a, vari- a variety of marijuana known as Northern Lights and the Aurora Borealis. Her, the splendor of her success and her use of substances are overwhelming her and making her feel like the world is ending. Which, like, sure. did you listen to the less rest of the song, dipshit? It I sent an entire me. song to your house. Did you listen? <laughs> it does remind me of the, like, um, Royal Robertson thing from Age of Odds where he was, like, schizophrenic going crazy. And I can imagine being, like, super on acid and being like, oh, no, the sky's doing something wrong. Yeah, and apparently Annie has stated in many, many interviews that this part of the song is literally about a man who saw the Northern Lights, wasn't educated about its phenomenon, and thought that it was the apocalypse. There you go. I think I did read that. Um, I have an interesting miss here that I'm just now realizing is wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's a so it's a champagne year full of sober months through my modeling days. I always thought it was her modeling days. Oh, because she's tall and pretty. It doesn't really change anything, but I'm like, yeah, that works. Like, she probably modeled. It was her modeling career. Yes. 2009 Camera Obscura reference. You know how I love Camera Obscura. I do. <laughs> the whole song to me almost sounds like uh, it's going to be building up as an intro to another song. Just because the the there, it's it's like there's never a drop in this song, it's just like a dubstep intro that never stops. <laughs> and the beat, the beat never comes. No, it's just a snare and hi-hat with no change. Skrillex, Skrillex where's the drop on this one? <laughs> Skrillex was my first concert as part of 
a different band. A lot of people are saying that this like song is. I think every single annotation on this song is downvoted, which I find really funny. <laughs> it says she doesn't feel like she's becoming successful, even though people around her say she is. Alternatively, she doesn't feel if she isn't feeling drunk or high, despite being assured that whatever she was given is a high quality product. Like. Oh my god. Shut the fuck cool, up. Fu- Weed's legal now. Nobody gives a shit. Shut the fuck up, you <laughs> stupid stoner. It isn't about weed. <laughs> First I did clue, know that Northern it's Lights, something green. I only know that Northern Lights is a strain of weed because of the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's giggle pig. <laughs> yeah, so just like depression depression song. It's another goddamn depression song, guys. It's really right. obvious. You don't use the word maudlin unless you're referring to depression. It's it's such a specific, almost female kind of depression, too. Like, I just imagine somebody, like, laying on a fainting couch being like, I'm overcome. <laughs> the We're going to have a lot of depression songs on this show, so. Yeah. That's that's what you, that's what you guys all have to look forward hospice. to. I don't know if that got best new music. It did. I think it did. It did, for sure. I think it I think that's yeah. the reason I listened to it at all, because that was at that point in my life. 2009 was very much the download everything that got Best New Music kind of year. Yep. It's true, and then you guys just sent it all to me, and I was like, thank you. Thanks. I'm cool now. <laughs> yep, you're cool with your uh, with your 128 kilobit uh, MP3s. <laughs> I will not upgrade them, and you can't make me. <laughs> the, the song you also- can fit so many on an iPod. <laughs> exactly. The song is also just like it's also just it it seems to build on like the the kind of alienation like uh listlessness that is through like the like the specific strain of depression that's on this whole album. Like you're Yeah, your pen- like if you say it is then I guess it is. Yeah. Like cuz your pendulum isn't swing again, your pendulum hasn't swung back in. Um people yeah. seem to see that as like a karma thing, like uh you haven't gotten yours, but it, I I I thought of it more like a, you haven't figured out where the rhythm is like you haven't you're, you're kind of directionless like that yeah, that was that was way like, more what i got out of the line especially with the lines preceding it yeah i very much yeah it's like you know the swing's gonna come you're not gonna like feel this way forever but right now woof yeah who the fuck knows woof. especially with something like right? a champagne year which like as a concept is like intrinsically and tied tied to just like an, an awareness of your own mortality and the process of yes. aging it's, I am 28, and this is my champagne year, and I didn't think about it until today, and now I'm stressed out. <laughs> my my champagne year was when I turned 10, so I'm fine. Yeah. It, you got a new like, Pokemon cool, game. Birthday. You were perfect. Yeah, I did get a new Pokemon game that year. <laughs> I'm going to go play a Game Boy game. I'm going to get a new Pokemon game in my champagne year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that that does come out before your birthday. That's good. And then we'll all hang out with Wooloo together, and it'll be good. That that's Wooloo that's the pendulum swing. You don't know when the next yes. Pokemon game is coming. It's, no, it's Wooloo's little like little braids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's such a good Pokemon. <laughs> oh, so should we much. go down to the title track? Title track. Strange mercy. Strange mercy. like his I follow in exile for God only knows how many years but when you see the song is so good and like atmospheric to me shouts to all my lost boys shouts to all my lost boys it's almost like uh, like a '90s trip hop song. Like yeah. it reminded me of Portishead a little bit. Beth Gibbons could do this song. Absolutely. In fact, well, her vocal range is very similar to the one that Annie Clark uses for this album. Like yeah. high notes and cruel aside, which would absolutely be like broken notes if Beth Gibbons did them. Yeah, it's all the cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> it's another really jazzy slide thing that I like in this song too, with the the Lost Boys sneaking out where the shivers won't find you. Yeah. Like how she sings that part. I like It's it. good. Uh, I don't like how people refer to the strange mercy as being like police brutality. I don't really get that. 
I don't know how you could possibly get that. Who is doing that? Men, I'm sure. Oh, my God. You guys got to, we got to make a shiny new Australia where all the men go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You guys are done. You guys are idiots. Like someone posted like a picture in in it with like the the guy, the the cop that was like pepper spraying the protesters. If we read deeper into it, St. Vincent may be saying that produced brutality is another example of strange mercy. Cruelty disguised as justice. Did a white write this? The whites wrote this. Like, what the shit? I mean, like, there is the line about the policeman who roughed you up, but still. Yeah. And that this one does seem to have, like, some of the most explicit dad references on it. Yeah, that's fair. Like, a father in exile. His Her dad was arrested, like, yes. that year. Yes. Your Hemingway jawline looks just like his. I like it- that only because she kind of has a Hemingway. I mean, she's better. But, yeah, very much the tip of the iceberg meaning is elsewhere. Writing what? on this album. Yeah. What's a Hemingway? Mm, about 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, references to double pane, double pane windows. You really can't. Yes. Like, you don't yeah. miss that one. <clears throat> See him wave through the double. Yeah. Is that about going to visit somebody in prison? I don't know. I don't know. Seems like it might be. Seems like it. This is, I believe, the end of side one on the vinyl, which I think is... That's very good. Nice. Yeah, because then... The next song kicks back in. But yeah, it's a nice fade out. It's a nice track. It's, yeah, like I said, very atmospheric. I just like any reference to Lost Boys. It's just such a, it's, I mean, it's such, such, a, such a perfect, like, encapsulation of, um, like, stunted growth. Exactly. Like, you, you could just say Lost Boys and you save yourself, like, eight lines of, uh, of lyrics. And as right. we all know, Andy Clark likes to be concise. Yes. Or you could repeat Lost Boys eight times and be a Death Grips song. <laughs> or you could be the Skrillex song I opened. I, I referenced at the start. So many options. I like hers the best. Yeah. She did it one time. One time. And then we move on to side B with Neutered Fruit. To side B. I would, I would love to ride a bear for Annie Clark, personally. I would ride a bear for her. Do you think she was excited to find out in Breath of the Wild that you could ride a bear? I hope so. <laughs> I, hope, I hope Annie Clark enjoyed the new Zordo game. She did. She said she loves it. There we go. It's perfect. She tweeted it like two days ago. My perfect wife. <laughs> do, you, do, you I, think, do you think she noticed? <laughs> I don't know how much I have to say about this one. I like it. It's never been a standout on the album for me, personally. It yeah, sounds it's, good. It's really just uh, guitar and drums for yeah. uh, the first you know, two-thirds of the song. Yeah. It starts to pick up and start to feel like more grandiose, and it does that thing where it keeps getting more and more complex at the end, almost yeah. like a Dan Deacon that, song. Like, yeah, that build at the end is yeah. really, really good. She's good at builds. She's yeah. good at builds. Um, it's a very one-sided relationship type song. Yeah. Very much so. Again, the fucking Alienation and Isolation track, which which yeah. really just runs through this whole album. Um, a lot of the a lot of the lyrics in the song, like the, the opening bit, and then Don't Run, Little Rabbit Run. Did you ever ride a bear for me? Shoot 100 arrows at a doe. Like, just like this, uh, like a disconnect with nature used as like a metaphor for a disconnect from society. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, like, just like neutered fruit is what we eat. It's it's all. It's yeah. and then uh, this is actually a genius annotation that I like. Is a neutered fruit means it can no longer help procreate, but in this case, it means she's involved with something or someone who is a lost cause, uh, which yes. I, which really works. Very much so. Unable to be productive, but is sterilized and in its own state. <laughs> Unable to be productive is a big mood. I guess I have this in com. I have this in common. Yeah, exactly. I'm like that's a very. It's a very depression thing. Although I guess, you know, she wrote a whole album about it, but whatever. No, no, it's about her dad. (laughs) It's about men. It has to be about the men involved. What else would it be? 
A neutered fruit a day keeps the depression away. <laughs> it's true. You can fix depression with healthy eating and yoga. And yogurt. And yogurt. Slurp on the gurt. Because it keeps the doctor away. Moving on to champagne <sighs> year. Because it's not a perfect plan. It's not a perfect This one was this referenced earlier. One. It's the thing from earlier. Yeah. It's another I... one that kind of has that, you know, present day pop hit type feel to it. It's, yeah. I love this one. Secretly, ex- it's a really secretly expected a slow burn type song. I secretly expected yeah. a choir at the shore and confetti falling through the air. Like, how is, how can you possibly have a better metaphor for, you know, getting through something? And yeah. feeling like you should be rewarded for it because that's it. That's it right there. It's just like, nope, you're 28. Get up, go to work. Exactly. Like it's so, <laughs> that's such a perfect opening of a, she could have just not had any more lyrics in the song and she would have gotten her point mm-hmm. across. It The song is just like so beautiful to me and the rhythm is so good in all of like those verse lyrics. Yeah. I make a living telling people what they want to hear is, you know, that's I make a living tell you telling people what they want to hear and it's going to be a champagne year. Oh like, boy, and boy I, I t- know. and boy I tell you it's going to be a champagne yes. year. Like that's just delicious beautiful sarcasm in that one. Yes. And Caitlin, was that a Patton Oswalt reference? Was that <laughs> you don't get a 28th birthday, just get up and go to work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's just our life. We that's yes. all we do. Yep. I'm going to go to the Pabst Blue Ribbon Brewery and be the only person there who doesn't have mutton chops. I'm going to get a job at the Sitgo and fill my truck up for free. free. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a perfect plan, but it's the one we got. If that ain't a mood. Yes. If, yeah. Oh, I'm living the test of the small town right now. (laughs) (laughs) I got a job at the Brewery and I fill up my growler for free. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yes, this song is good. It's very, it very much just speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Then we got Dilaton. This has that um, that really rhythmic uh, guitar and brass combo, uh, the blamp, blamp, blamp Buenana, in the background. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I was from New York as like, you know, in the art scene, I'd understand this song more than I do. Yeah, it just seems very much about like the alienation of a big city, which like very much can't relate. I've never lived in one. Yeah. I've lived, I've lived in a normal sized city. Yeah, so it's it's like, like it it just seems to like looking from the outside in. Hey, look, another song about alienation and isolation. Who'd right. have thought there'd be another one on this album? Yeah, so I can limp beside you, like oof. Yeah, like she's on the outside. She's looking in. She can see through you. See your true colors. F- okay, first of all, fuck off, and second of all, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, dilettante, you know, just it's a word that you don't see very often, but is also just a very. I feel like it's a word that's a very feminized word, despite the fact yeah. that it isn't necessarily. It's a person who enjoys the, like, who's, like, an expert or outstanding in their field. So just, like, yeah. So I could slow down so I could limp beside you. That That's yes. very much like I'm in this scene and I'm on the outside looking in. A party heard through a wall. I'm always watching you through a keyhole. Come on. Come on. Annie, you got it. You got You're good, girl. You're good nobody's winning she's good the sharks are swimming in the red like the the oz in the background that start like halfway through the song remind me of old like 1970s mellotron sounds it's good sounds. like you'd hear this on a like a like a craft work album 
my favorite Will Forte band. <laughs> yeah. This is also like the- for those who don't understand, you you have to look up Will Forte and then look up Florian Schneider from the seventies because they're the same person. They are the, they're the same, same guy. Uh, this is the wordiest. I think this is the wordiest song on the album by like a pretty yeah. wide margin. So she has a lot to say about New York. She does. I'm trying to like parse though what is so pressing that you can't undress me anyway. The last line of the yeah, song. Yeah, I. The way I, I'm like, it's, it's, based, I think it's, it's like, like a dude who's so like wrapped up in his own, you know, I got to write the next great Broadway play uh, instead of have sex with you. Yeah, she's like, I'm like literally naked. I want to fuck. And he's like, I'm busy. Can't you see I'm gaming here? <laughs> Sheesh, I'm gaming over here. <laughs> uh, I'm gaming with my with my expensive cigarette holder over here. It's, it seems very much like a, like a yearning for connection thing, which kind of puts this song part and parcel with uh, Chloe in the Afternoon for me in that way. Very much. Like there's, you're, you're just trying so hard to, to look for that kind of emotional connection, but you have to settle for emotional release. She's like, you might not connect, but let's fuck anyway. Yeah, mood. <laughs> <laughs> then we got that hysterical strength. Hysterical strength. I didn't realize that was an actual phrase, hysterical strength, until I was driving home last night listening to a podcast, and they said the hysterical strength of a mother, like, pulling a car off their child. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's the phrase that describes that thing, which is usually said with a lot more words. Because that that is almost always the way it's referred to, is this, like, a mother pulling a car off their child. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Maggie Simpson dragging Homer back to shore. (laughs) Aww. And yeah, this one seems to also be the one that people call like the references to dad, which I can see some of. Yeah. Hey, it's your blood that makes my veins run. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been the case of hysterical strength to stand up while the room moved off its axis. So like everything fell out under you. You were still showing like a level of strength. Old man, old man, look at me through the teeth of your grief. Like this one, this one is it's it's reasonable to refer to it as a dad song. Yes, or yeah, she is, like, watching her family fall apart and realizing that she can't, like, take all these burdens yeah. just because of her family. I look at the grief and I just start chanting, teeth, teeth, teeth. 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 And then, yeah, just, no, yeah. it ain't, 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 it ain't on you. Yeah. I mean, it kind of- Yeah, the outro is probably my favorite part. It keeps just getting more intense. Yeah. The rhythm of the song is, like, a repeated gallop. Yes, that's a very good way to describe it. I, I could ride a horse to this song. Ride your horse to the Old Town Road? Yeah. Or to, or to, the, or to the prison. By or to the prison where your dad is. He's, a, he's, in, he's in gallows because he's in cowboy prison. Yeah, he's in cowboy prison. It's I think it's interesting that she spends, like, you know, several lengths of chorus kind of trying to absolve, like, the dad in this situation, whether it be her own dad or the narrator's parent figure, of guilt and it's like, almost seems like it, she feels like it's her responsibility to absolve them, which I feel like. Oh, I think she's absolving herself, just being like, "His mistakes aren't my mistakes." Yeah, I guess that that, that works as well. I, I feel like both perspectives are valid, but yours seems more like the yeah. one she was going for. Yeah, because we do love to be carrying other people's feelings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just yeah, it ain't on you. It ain't on you. It ain't on you. She's trying to. Yeah. She's trying to convince herself of this i do i do really like that but even even yeah. if it even if it is like the other the other angle of it trying if, if she was like absolving the dad of 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 this yeah. guilt it's it, it has like the same kind of emotional core to it except like she's trying to convince them and like i'll carry this for you whereas the other track it's like you don't have to I, I can almost feel like the number of times she says it while, like, the track builds behind her almost seems like she's switching from one of those to the other. Um, the sequencing of the album puts this song uh, as the song right before the last song and also right after 
three like really kind of slower down tempo songs and the Mm -hmm. tempo picks back up again for this one which kind of made me go oh right i'm still listening to this album and i'm now cognizant that it's not just you know it's not just something that's happening in the background anymore now i'm gonna actually pay attention again um and i feel like that was uh, a good way to lead into the last song um year of the tiger i had to be the best of the bourgeoisie now my kingdom for all kingdom for a cup of coffee big mood big mood i had to be the best of the bourgeoisie now my kingdom for a cup of coffee that might be my favorite line from the whole album it's really good yes it kind of ties up all of the concepts that she's been talking about the whole the yeah whole it's time. another description of like the champagne year and the year of the tiger are the same year for her, for her yes. in this case um and she's like looking at it from a different perspective the the like kind of defeated perspective she's looking at that song now she's just afraid yes she's like you guys you guys said i was good i was the tiger i feel like a fraud guys. imposter syndrome yeah that's a mood she spent a year just being depressed and emotionally distant from herself and she couldn't really get into anything except for i guess materialism yeah which is fair shopping makes you feel good sometimes Italian shoes like these rubes know the difference and it's like I'm trying I'm trying so hard I'm doing so much why am I still in fear yes I'm glad uh, we got this is the first um female artist on the pod yeah so far I believe so is it yeah and it's just an album that's full of being a woman so that rules I I like the uh yeah Kanye Kanye wouldn't write about this (laughs) he would not he would not it's uh the the irony of the uh the idea of living in fear of the year of the tiger where she's like you know the tiger is supposed to be like a fearless thing and she was called the tiger when she was younger yeah it's like a really really good contrast to build as well yeah she's like she has this pressure on her to be like it's supposed to be my year it's supposed to be my champagne tiger year and uh, i don't know what's going on and this tiger ain't drunk at all this tiger should be off the shits by now so yeah really solid album to just you know Roll all the roll all the windows down in the car, blast it out while you're going down those country roads yeah. in the summertime. I literally did that yesterday on my way to Home Depot. <laughs> Caitlin, you're you're <laughs> legally saying, a dad now. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> I have been for some time. Yeah, you listen. You listen to too much to it and got. You listen to too much Bruce Springsteen to not be a dad. It's very true. I just love Home <laughs> Depot so much. I want to build something, man. <laughs> The, bi- the biological imperative I gotta to build, build a deck. something this summer. Craig Finn said it, and I'm going to say it too. <laughs> America, can I owe you one? Can I just have this one? Both of the America references on this album make me think of America by Allen Ginsberg, and it's probably just a coincidence. I just really like that poem. That did come up in the annotations a lot. People, people, oh, people bring up that poem a few times. Dope, dope, dope. I'm a really good interpreter then. And this is such this is such a good album closer too. Yes, very much so. Living in fear. Genius says there's another there must be a bonus track somewhere. Yeah, which we we don't really need to talk about cuz I haven't listened to it. Oh, I've never listened to it. Yeah. I didn't know it existed until yeah. this morning. Yeah, we're not Japanese, so we didn't get the privilege. We didn't get the the release of the album with the uh the special card yeah. on the side. Oh. And yeah. Not even on my vinyl. It's just like it's it just seems like an encapsulation of the themes of the album in like a perfect way. Yes. It's oh, she did so good. Yeah, I like I like this one more than actor. That's kind of why I chose it also. And it had a higher score. Yeah. So <laughs> Well, they're both really good albums. I think I think my They're both very good albums. My attachment to actor is a lot more based on the singles, which I feel like happens with albums to me all the time. Yeah. Um but this one like has such like an overall overarching statement to it. Yeah, which, that's al- that's always what I dig in an album is like super cohesion like that. Yeah, like it's, I mean, you just, you, people overuse the term concept album, but 
Al- an yeah, album, yeah. an album having a singular theme is kind of like what the purpose of albums were. There's, th- yeah, there's a difference between a concept album and an album that has a concept and isn't like here's some bops I wrote. Yeah, we just like I, I was on a particular like narrative track, and I was at, at yeah. a particular point in my life that of course a lot of the songs like, are going to be about the same things. Right, and that's awesome. Like, good for her. Like, good for her working all that stuff out on this and letting us have it. Yeah, because it's good. And it it remains the highest rated St. Vincent album on Pitchfork, at a nine. Yep. Yeah, I don't care for the next two as much personally. Yeah, it's like it almost again, it, it think... almost seemed like the Annie Clark image of like what people imagined Annie Clark as kind of became what Annie Clark was creating. Absolutely. That's always what I think about. I'm like, she's overtaken by this now. Yeah, like there's a lot less vulnerability, or at least open vulnerability yeah. on the albums. And this is like, this is an incredibly vulnerable album. Exactly. Like this is, like, this she, is all. She cut herself open. Yeah. It turns out that she's the finest surgeon. Who'd have thunk it? Oh my God. The real finest surgeon. I think was Surgeon the... is actually my favorite song on this album. Yeah, it's, oh. Yeah, it's for me. It's either it's either cruel or surgeon. Yeah, I was gonna say I yeah. I really love champagne here. They're all really good tracks, is the thing. Yeah, it's good. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like there's really not a stinker on the choose. whole thing. No, it's like it's such a it's such a. If they weren't cowards, they would have given this a higher score. Yeah, they could have given it a nine and a half. Come on, guys. It's like as far as I know, they've never given a woman a ten on first review. I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> Ryan Domball, for a dollar, name a woman. For a dollar, name a woman. I'm surprised his whole review wasn't just talking about John Congleton's production on the album. Because that happens now with like, well, actually, Jack Antonoff produced this Lord album. Let's talk about that. People and not have such a 19-year-old girl that fucking wrote yeah. it. People have such a fucking boner for Jack Antonoff producing female musicians. And it's like, he's an okay producer. You yeah, don't need to talk about him more than fine. that. Lord did it, okay? Radiohead's 1997 album, OK Producer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it just seems like they, as like stated near the start of this this episode, it's like they're just so desperate to find the man in it. Right. I'm like, even when they were, you know, I feel like now they are very much like, we're very woke. Like, look at all these women artists that we review. We know, we know tons of women now. Yeah. We have upwards of $5 from all the women that we've named. (laughs) I feel like this was one of the earlier ones where they're like, they had a huge boner over like, like, look, we like a female artist. I think that women can make good music too, actually. This was the time when they were talking about St. Vincent. They were talking about uh, Best Coast. Oh, Best Coast. Sleigh Bells. Yeah. Oh, Sleigh Bells. There's like, oh, look, these women can make music too. But they make music like a man does, where they do the loud sounds, and women don't. What? What? Where? Where's the pop music that women are supposed to be making? Oh, I don't know about that, about the pop music. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeepers. Oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> so that's, that's Strange Mercy. That's Strange Mercy. Yeah. That's Pitchfork if they were run out of a Minneapolis office. <laughs> I mean, they're not far off. I just kidding. I don't know a goddamn shit about geography. <laughs> I think we already kind of covered uh, whether the album lives up to the hype, um, and I think the answer is absolutely yes. it does. If anything, it could have gotten, could have, and should have gotten a higher score. Absolutely, I agree. They were too afraid to say a woman was good. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up then. Um, this this has been Tuning Fork. Um, I am uh, David. You can find me on Twitter at, at Dave's um, with three V's. <laughs> uh, my Tumblr is pretty inactive at this point. Um, all I do is reblog stuff from other people um, whenever I feel like tabbing over to Tumblr. Um, and you can follow the show at, at Tuning Forecast on Twitter. My name is Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattGCN. I run this operation. We call noisespace.xyz. If you go over to the website, you can see a whole bunch of other podcasts, some of which actually feature myself and David, but none of them feature Caitlin because she's a coward and hasn't started a podcast yet. Listen, I have a lot of ideas in the think tank, okay? Start an OC podcast. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I'm going to go to that Death Cab show next week and just feel like I'm so overcome with Seth Cohen feelings that I must start. You know, yeah, exactly. Podcast. It's a good show. It's not, but so where 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 can people find <laughs> you on the web? Uh, they can. I'm Caitlin. They can find me on Twitter at Hark Avondruk and on Instagram at Iowa City Transmix. And I would rather die than it's get really my Tumblr name. out in 2019. Valid. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, if you want to see me do stupid, funny jokes on Twitter occasionally and yell about basketball, pretty much all I do there. Raptors in four. <laughs> Raptors in four. Pistons in four. <laughs> Uh, our cover art is by Nikki Flowers. Thank you, Nikki. Uh, and our theme song is Open Air by Animal Style from the album Open Air. Uh, go listen to that. It's really good. And uh, as we always say, I had never seen a shooting <laughs> star I had never before. seen a shooting star before. 25 years of rotations. Bye, Bye. everybody. <laughs>